Okay, well, praise the Lord. We'll go ahead and get started. Um, I want us to, well, first off, let me lay out the scriptures here for you. You know, when you look back at your index of your Bible, and I mean, you've got to make this decision on your own so you, you'll you understand where things are coming from. Otherwise, you just got so many questions, it'll throw you off balance. Uh, we always like to say from beginning to end, Alpha and Omega, Genesis to Revelation. Well, now, wait a minute. Why did we say Genesis to Revelation? Because it's a time frame. When you read your Bible, you'll understand. Just take Genesis, for instance. Okay, in the beginning. God created. That's what he says. And all through the scriptures, the scriptures give credit to God created the heavens and the earth. Praise the Lord. Even when uh, the Lord was trying to deal with Moses and Moses was saying, don't send me, send somebody else. I mean, the Lord said, who makes mouths? Is it not I? I mean, <laughs> boy, God's taking some credit for something that he didn't do. Oh, yes, he did. He created the worlds. Praise the Lord. But anyway, uh, uh, so let's let's think about this just a moment here. So we've got Genesis all the way to Revelation on a complete timeline. Very, very easy to see this. And But anyway, as you look in the other books like Habakkuk and Jeremiah and some of those other books that are called a prophet or whatever, they'll tell you right to start when they were there and when they were writing their prophecy. Okay, so it's, you know, the timeline's real easy to see. And it goes from left to right, you know, beginning to, you know, like I say, future revelation is going to be future. But anyway, you get down here toward the end of the Bible here. You've got a book called uh, James. Now, James is actually uh, the Lord's half brother. I mean, you know, Jesus grew up in the family. His mother were, you know, uh, uh, Joseph and Mary, and he had some brothers and sisters and whatever. But anyway, one of them was James. But anyway, so we're going to look at this little letter here. It's just real short. I mean, it's like a text message, you could say, uh, an email or whatever. But I want to start here in James chapter 5 here. And in James chapter 5, look down here at verse 14. Now look at this. Isn't this strange? Is anyone sick? Now again, <laughs> was there anybody closer to Jesus than his brother? I mean, man, look what he says. Is it is sick? The elders of the church, and they should pray over him and pour a little oil upon him, calling on the Lord to heal him. You know, I remember one time when Jesus had called Peter and Andrew and James and John, and uh, one day, just real quick, right after, I think it was really right there at the start when he first called Peter and them, they went over to Peter's house, and Peter's uh, mother-in-law was sick with a fever. Well, you know what happened? Immediately, they told Jesus about her, and he healed her, praise the Lord. I mean, what's that got to do with us going to heaven? Well, actually, it's got a lot to about us doing to heaven. You know, if, if God can't take care of your body and my body down here, you know, while we're living in this world, how do we really think he's going to take care of us for eternity? But anyway, we've got this stuff so backwards. We're so worried about, well, it's the reason we have doctors today and the Lord uses doctors. Well, thank God he can use doctors. No big deal. There's really no competition here whatsoever. But if you want to dig deep into doctors, there are so many atheists involved in, uh, in you know, among doctors. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, and I'm sure that just brings a lot of glory to the Lord that these guys think they can work on hearts and do all this magnificent stuff and that they'll spit in the face of the Lord. They'll <laughs> they just laugh about it. Oh, it's just evolution. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, God didn't create anything. Ha, ha, ha. So, I'm, you know, I'm not putting my faith in medical science, or, you know, above my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. But anyway, so back to this. So James chapter 5. Now, notice how long this book had been written. This, this has been around for 2,000 years. Wow. But anyway, is any sick? Uh, he should call the elders of the church. We read that calling on the Lord to heal him. Okay, verse 15. And their prayer, if offered in faith, will heal him. For the Lord will make him well. 
Look at that. And if his sickness was caused by some sin, the Lord will forgive him. Now, isn't that interesting? This is where we are a lot of times today. We get sick or whatever, and we just immediately think, well, I'm not going to get any better. I'm not going to bother the Lord about this. He's probably got some reason because I'm such a bum Christian. You know, we've got to get out of that. You know, Jesus healed everybody that came to him. I mean, it's just, but yet we will make excuses for saying, you know, that God won't or the reason it still hurts the next day or whatever. And we have no faith whatsoever because we have so much faith in our, you know, uh, sins and the things we have done wrong. All our reasons why God can't bless us today. Well, you know, listen, if we're going to live that way, we're ignoring what Jesus did for us on Calvary. I mean, if it was just all about that, then Jesus didn't need to die for us. All we got to do is get sick and die, and then we'll go to heaven. No, Jesus did not die in vain. He died to take away our sins, praise the Lord. Gosh, we're all the time thinking, well, this will help me make myself a better Christian or whatever. Oh, really? It's probably going to bring the worst out of you. You know, we hear all kinds of stories, how I dealt with this and how I dealt with that. You know, I, I'd rather I'd rather just find out what the Bible says. Okay. Anyway, is anyone sick? Wow. Looks like the only qualification to getting healed is just to be sick. Yeah, really. Just be sick. Anyway, notice he doesn't quit there. You know, so we can't say, well, he was talking spiritual healing here or whatever. No, it was actually literal healing here. Look at verse 16. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Wow. Is he kidding? No. Notice he goes on and says the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. And then he compares you and I and our prayers and these elders and whatever to Elijah. Wow. You know, and notice that it's a letter to you. Praise the Lord. Anyway. Praise God. I wonder where, we, where he gets off on that. Well, let's back up a little bit. Remember, the Bible's a history book. Let's back up a little further. Let's go to the book of Acts just a moment. In the book of Acts, let's go to the very last chapter. You know, remember what the book of Acts is about. It's the Acts, you know, of the Christians or whatever. Some people like to say it's the Acts of the Apostles. No, because then again, we'll give all the credit to the apostles and we will say, well, because when the last apostle died, it all quit. And that's ridiculous because James just got through telling you, you didn't have to have an apostle there. You just simply had to have someone to pray. Okay. Okay. In Acts chapter 28 here, I want us to start here at, uh, oh, let's see, at verse, oh, let's see, look at verse seven. Okay, near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the governor of the island. Now, here's what happened. There was a shipwreck. You can go back and read this. It's all in chapters 27 and 28, both this shipwreck. And they landed on the land here. When when their ship got torn all to pieces, they just swam to this uh, island, which is fantastic. 276 people were all saved. Okay, but we're going to pick up here. Near the shore where we landed, verse 7, 28, verse 7. Belonging to Publius, the governor of the island, he welcomed us courteously and fed us for three days. And as it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Okay, wow, he must have had some sort of sickness there, and he was. Look at that. Wow. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, healed him. Look at that. No, what do I care? It was this other guy's dad or whatever. Well, maybe you got a dad, or maybe you're sick or whatever. Notice what Paul did. Notice Paul didn't say, let me, let me ask the Lord if I can do this. Let me see if it's okay. Let me see if I can pick up on something by the Spirit. No, he just took care of it, praise the Lord. And we're going to see why he did that as we keep going here. Notice this. Uh, but anyway, as this, uh, let's see, and healed him. Then all the other sick people in the island. Yeah, I'm reading from your Bible. It's the same as mine. This is Acts 28, verse 8. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Actually, verse 9. Then all the other sick people in the island came and were cured. 
Good night. Is he serious? Yeah. Yeah, he's serious. Praise the Lord. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Now I want to back up to the first part of chapter 28. Look what happened. As soon as we learned that uh, that we were on the island of Malta, the people of the island were very kind to us, building a bonfire on the beach to welcome us and warm us in the rain and cold. See, it was still shipwreck weather. Buddy, I mean, the storm was still raging. It was terrible. Okay, but they made it to the shore. Their ship was totaled. Okay, look at verse three. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks to lay on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat fastened itself onto his hand. Look at that. The people of the island saw it hanging there and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Now, let's let's stop here just a moment. Notice they said a murderer. Now, remember, there was a lot of prisoners on this boat, okay? Uh, And the people were saying, oh, my gosh, yeah, this guy just got got bit by one of these real bad snakes. Some people like to say a two-stepper. You know, (laughs) in two steps, you're dead, you know. Well, Paul shook this thing off in the fire and felt no harm. Yeah, but Paul was a mighty apostle. He was anointed of the Lord. He had all this. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. You got to cut that out. You know, you're deifying uh, apostles and things like that. And you're going to find out in a moment that that's not the route you take. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Look at this. Wow. So anyway, uh, what happened? He shook the snake off in the fire and, and was unharmed. The people waited for him to begin swelling or suddenly fall dead. But when they waited a long time and no harm came to him, they changed their mind and decided he was a god. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't deal with this. They didn't know what's happening. Now think about Paul just a minute. Before Paul gave his life to Jesus, he was hauling off Christians and having them stoned and killed and whatever. But you notice Paul took that thing and just shook it off in the fire. You notice Paul wasn't going, well, I guess my times are coming. You know, I mean, I was so ugly to the other Christians. I guess I'm, it's time for me to get it. No, no, no. Praise the Lord. You know, we throw away our, our help all the time, you know, and we've got to stop that. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, there was uh, a paralyzed guy. Remember that story that came to Jesus? They Four of them uh, were carrying him because he was paralyzed, you know, and they tore up the roof and they lowered him down in front of Jesus. And notice the first thing Jesus said to this guy, your sins are forgiven. Wow. That's in Matthew chapter eight. What are you going to do with that? Well, I, for one, I'm going to use it in my life because <laughs> a lot of times when I get sick and I'm, I'm thinking, well, uh, I want the Lord to help me, but oh my gosh, I remember all the bad things I've done and I, no, don't go there. Don't go there. He forgives you. Wow. And remember what we just read in the book of James, you know, if, if he's committed these sins, they'll be forgiven him. Wow. Good night. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Let's keep going here. Let's go over next to, uh, Oh, I want to go to, uh, let's see where I want to go next. Oh, let's go to, oh, okay, let's see. Let's go to the book of Genesis. I'll go all the way to the beginning of time. All right, Genesis, and let's pick up here uh, a little incident that happened to, uh, to Abraham here. Let's see what happened here. Okay, let's go to, oh, okay, let's see. Oh, oh, Genesis chapter 20. Now, Abraham, verse one. Now, Abraham moved south to the Negev and, vis- and settled between Kadesh and Shur. In other words, between Arab and Gunnersville, whatever, you know. One day, when visiting the city of Gerar, or you say the city of Decatur or whatever, you know, these are real places. He remarked to Sarah, no, he remarked that Sarah was his sister, <laughs> Okay, remember, yeah, he, she was his half-sister, but she was also his wife. 
Uh, then King Abimelech sent for her and had brought her to him at his palace. But that night, God came to him in a dream and told him, you're a dead man, so that woman you took is married. But Abimelech hadn't slept with her yet. So he said, uh, Lord, will you slay an innocent man? He told me, she is my sister. And she herself said, yes, he's my brother. I hadn't the slightest intention of doing anything wrong. Yes, I know, the Lord replied. That's why I held you back from sinning against me. And that's why I didn't let you touch her. Now restore her to her husband, husband, and he will pray for you, for he is a prophet. Now, no, no, where did he come from being a prophet? I, from what I understand in history, he just God just called him, and you know he wasn't prophesying about anything. He just go to the promised land. You know this will be your land. And then he had a son named Isaac. He also had another son named Ishmael, and then all the oh Isaac and Jacob and all the grandkids, and on here we go all the way into Egypt. But look, God called him a prophet. Look at this. Notice what he says. Restore her to her husband, and he will pray for you, for he is a prophet, and you shall live. Wow. Praise the Lord. Look at that. Wow. But if you don't return her to him, you are doomed to death along with your household. Wow. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Let's go forward a little bit. Let's go to the book of Exodus here just a moment. Let's take it from all the way when they got away from Pharaoh, and when they got through the sea there, remember the walls of water, which people... You know, today that don't read their Bibles, they go, ha, 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 it never happened. Ho, 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 it was just a big joke, you know, and it just, that's, oh, really? There's a nation sitting over there today called the nation of Israel. All the other Arab nations around them hate them. There's something going on in that spot around the world. Or they know about the Jews. You think the Jews think this stuff never did happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at this. All right, here we go. Exodus chapter 15. <clears throat> Okay, in Exodus chapter 15, I want us to take it from all the way at the very end right here. Something that, that took place. Let's take it from, oh, we'll pick it up here in verse 25. Moses pleaded with the Lord to help them, and the Lord showed him a tree to throw in the water, and the water became sweet. It was there at Marah that the Lord had laid before them the following conditions to test their commitment to him. If you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God and obey it and do what's right, then I will not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I mean, I tell you, what, what are we going to do with this? He means he was the Lord that did heal. No, he said, I'm the Lord that heals you. Let's back up a little bit further into Exodus when uh, Moses first met the Lord, okay? And God said, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Well, <laughs> man, I tell you what, hey, uh, Moses was like, oh, please send somebody else. Don't, don't send me, you know? And so uh, let's take it in Exodus chapter four. Uh, let's see. Look at verse one. But Moses said, they won't believe me. They won't do what I tell them to. They'll say, Jehovah never appeared to you. What do you have in your hand there? The Lord asked him. Uh, he replied, a shepherd's rod, throw it down on the ground. The Lord told him, so he threw it down and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. Wow. And the Lord told him, grab it by the tail. He did and it became a rod in his hand again. <laughs> Notice this, verse five, do that and they'll believe you. Wow, the Lord told him. Then they'll realize that Jehovah, the God of their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has really appeared to you. Now reach your hand inside your robe and next to your chest. Now watch this, watch this, look at this. And when he did and took it out again, well, you remember what happened? It was white with leprosy. Yuck, like skin cancer, just terrible crap, you know? Look at that, man. Now put it in again, Jehovah said. And then notice this, something went wrong. It didn't, no, something didn't go wrong. I mean, boy, the Lord told him to stick it back in his, in his shirt again. And when he pulled it out, it was normal, just as before. If they don't believe the first miracle, they'll believe the second, the Lord said. 
And if they don't accept you, these two signs, take water from the Nile, pour it on the dry land, and it'll uh, turn to blood. Notice the Lord said, just do this. He, and you know, uh, Moses went and did this before the leaders of uh, the Israelites when he got back. It wasn't like, well, it's a one-time deal. It's never going to happen again. Oh, no, no, it did. Praise the Lord. Wow. Anyway, I'm gonna, right in here, I'm going to show you something else. Look at this. Look down at verse 10. Moses pleaded and said, oh, Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. I never have been. I, and not now. Even after you spoke to me, I have a speech impediment. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> See, Moses was trying to get out of this. Now, you can't blame him because they wanted to kill him in Egypt, okay? So he was just scared. Notice what the Lord said in verse 11. Who makes mouths? <laughs> now, wait a minute. God, you, 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 you can't be saying you made mouths, do you? It's evolution. I mean, it, we just evolved. I mean, my goodness. It's, it's just big bang. I mean, you know. No, it's not. See, this is reason we're having so much trouble today. We're not giving God credit for what he did. We don't think he has any knowledge about our bodies. We think a doctor. Oh, my gosh, a doctor and all his study. And oh, my gosh. Technically, a doctor, all he knows is how to cut something out. He can't repair it a lot of times. All you do is cut it out. And then we hope we live, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I know they know some more things and stuff, but it's going to be a funny day for me when, when I ever believe a doctor knows more than the one who made the doctor. Praise the Lord. Mm. I tell you, we get so thinking we live in the whatever century, you know. Oh, my gosh, we are so smart. We're, oh, Really? The smartest of all man is still stupid in the eyes of God. We, we don't know nothing compared to God. Remember the story about Job, you know? I mean, the, the real event right there at the end of Job. Uh, see, toward the end, chapter 40 and 41, God was challenging Job and said, where were you when I created the worlds? <laughs> where were you when I laid the boundaries of the sea? You know, oh my God, it didn't happen. You didn't do that. It was just natural sequences of events. <laughs> no, it wasn't. All over the world and all over the universe, you can see intelligent design. Now, you can run from it all you want to, but actually the book of Romans, Paul wrote, and he said, it doesn't matter. Every man, no matter who they are, no matter how much unbelief they spew and how much they say they don't believe in God or whatever, God put it on the inside of them. Everybody knows that God created everything. It's on the inside of everybody. You can run from it. You can say today, if you first time you've ever heard this, and you're going, well, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Check yourself late at night, and you'll have a big question in that area all your life. You're just taking an assumption. Well, I saw it on, on TV, and I saw this, and I believe science or whatever. Well, anyway, the science is on our side. It's just, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> people can, you know, twist things all they want to and try to say, no, 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 it never happened. You know, it's it's so interesting to watch things about young earth. This place has not been around more than 10,000 years. And check it, it's right at about 6,000. Praise the Lord. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> so who makes mouths? Uh, Jehovah asked him. Isn't it I, the Lord? Uh, who makes a man so that he can speak or not speak? See or not see? Hear or not hear? Now go ahead and do as I tell you, for I will help you to speak well, and I will tell you what to say. Wow, okay. Well, God certainly thinks, you know, who makes mouths? Wow. Now let's jump ahead a little bit. Let's go. I want to go back to uh, Jesus just a moment here, and let's go. And we'll take it from. Oh, let's go to the book of Matthew, and the book of Matthew here. Let's go to. Uh, we'll go to chapter ten, Matthew chapter ten here. Notice this. Jesus called, verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of sickness and disease. And then the next verse, he named all those disciples. Simon, you know, Andrew, James, John. Wow. Look at verse 5. 
Jesus sent them out with these instructions. Now, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only announce to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Don't we hear that today? I mean, the kingdom of God. Okay, yeah, same thing today. Heal the sick. Look at that. But now, wait a minute, Lord. There's got to be some you don't want to heal. That's not what he said. He said, you go preach, you know, and tell them the kingdom of God's near. And look at this. And then he said, heal the sick. Yeah, but I can't. Well, then guess what? You wouldn't be one of his disciples because he sent you out and said you could. Notice he said, he said he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Wow. My goodness. Mm. And notice what he said. He said, heal the sick. Now, let's go over Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and even John have some similar stories. And let's go to Luke's, let's go to Luke's account. And in Luke chapter 9, take it in Luke chapter 9, this is where he speaks of the same similar incident. Verse 1, one day Jesus called together his 12 apostles and gave them authority over all demons and power to cast them out and to heal all diseases. Wow. He then sent them away to tell everyone about the coming of the kingdom of God. Look at this. And to heal the sick. Wow. What are we doing today? Well, it's easy not to do nothing because we think God is the God of nothing. I mean, he's going to take us to heaven. Oh, I'll fight you for that. Oh, my goodness, I don't believe in Buddha. I don't believe in Hare Krishna, and I don't believe in all these other religions. Jesus alone is going to take me to heaven. Now, when we talk about healing, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, brother. Mm. It's all the same. It's the reason we're having so much trouble today. Now, that's chapter 9. Look over here at chapter 10, the very first verse. Look at it. Luke 10, verse uh, 1. The Lord now chose 70 other disciples and sent them on ahead in pairs into all towns and villages he planned to visit later. He said these were the instructions, these were the instruct, his instructions to them. Plead the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers to help you. In other words, it wasn't just 70. Let's get more than that. Wow. Look at that. Now, let's skip down a little bit even further and look at verse 7. When you enter a village, don't shift around from home to home, but stay in one place, eating and drinking without question, whatever set before you, and don't be hesitant to accept the hospitality of the workman. He's worthy of his wages. If a town welcomes you, follow these two rules. Oh, okay, here's some rules. Yeah, 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 let's jot them down. Look at this. Eat whatever's set before you. Rule number one. Look at rule two. Heal the sick. No, 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 wait, whoa, 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 that can't be a rule. Yes, it is a rule. You know, Jesus got in so much trouble over this, healing people left and right. He healed them all. That's the reason we got to get over our own little pity parties and well, he won't heal me. I mean, I got a sore throat and I mean, I mean, I hadn't been to church and I'm just not the best Christian in the world. Well, wait a minute, Paul claimed he was the worst. Paul claimed he was the chief of all sinners and he said, I had mercy. And when he got bit by that snake, he didn't die. Wow. Mm, gee. But you can do what you want to. You can claim this stuff matters. I mean, what, what, what good is it going to do for you to suffer through bad headaches, a bad back, or whatever? What are you going to gain by that? What's it supposed to do? I, I, some people, oh, it just makes me a better Christian. No, it doesn't. It brings the worst out in you. I, you're going to get arrogant over it, even if you think you've done something with it. Well, I, I, I've been able to endure. I mean, God gave me two hands. I'm just thankful I got one that works good, the other one. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. Since you brought up two hands, let's think just a moment. The Pharisees and all the religious people when Jesus were here were so mad at Jesus. Listen, they were so mad, they were wanting to arrest Jesus if he heals somebody on Sunday or on the Sabbath day. 
Here's a story. Remember the story about the guy with the withered hand? He had one hand that was okay, and he could have run around and said, well, I'm just thankful I got one hand. No, no, no. God, again, come back to the way God created you. He wants you well, praise the Lord. Okay, anyway. So anyway, Jesus told that man to stand up in the middle. It was right in front of the synagogue. We'll just say at church somewhere, you know. And all these these religious leaders were mad. They were just, boy, if Jesus heals this guy, we're going to have him arrested. Jesus got mad at these people. So this man's standing in front, and he's got a hand that must be deformed or whatever. The other one's okay. Jesus didn't think it was okay for have a deformed hand. You ought to have both of them right. So anyway, he asked all these losers, I like to say, the religious people that were mad at Jesus. You know, Remember, they're the ones that had him crucified. Okay. But anyway, he said, is it right? to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil. And then he looked around about on all of them with anger. Remember that? Yeah. And then he said, which one of you doesn't have an ox or an ass and donkey who falls in a pit? Wouldn't you get him out on a Sunday? How much more a man than that? And then he looked at the guy with the, with the withered hand and he said, stretch forth your hand. And he did. And guess what? <laughs> the scripture says it was restored whole as the other. Praise the Lord. Oh my goodness. Gosh. And he knew that guy was going to get it. He was probably grinning, going, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, wow. Well, I guess it was just a move of the Spirit. doesn't do that any today. Oh, yes, it does, too. We just read James. James was a long way from the front part of the Bible there, way toward the back. Well, anyway. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, back to here, Luke chapter 10, verse uh, verse uh, 8 and 9. If a town welcomes you, follow these rules. Eat whatever's set before you. Okay. Wow. To heal the sick. And as you heal them, say the kingdom of God is very near to you now. Wow. You know, we think, well, maybe the, maybe we can't do that today because the kingdom's not here. Oh, yeah, it is. Colossians chapter 1 says we've been delivered out of the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his son. If, if anybody's any closer to the kingdom today, it's you and I. Wow. Now, notice he goes on. The kingdom of God is very near to you. But if a town refuses you, go out into the streets and say, uh, you know, we wipe our, uh, we wipe the dust from, uh, uh, of the, the dust of your town from our feet as a public announcement of your doom. Okay. Wow. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, uh, so let's go back to, uh, the, uh, let's go back to Moses here just a moment. And this time I want to go to uh, the book of Numbers and they're on the way to the promised land. Remember, Genesis and Exodus. Exodus, you pick up with Moses. Exodus means they got out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. Uh, the whole rest of the, uh, Exodus, they got instructions on how to build uh, the tabernacle. And then you have Leviticus, which is Leviticus. It's how the Levites, the, the tribe of Levite, was supposed to operate in that. Praise the Lord. And then in Numbers, here they are. Let's take off, and they're on the way to the promised land. So let's pick up in chapter 12 here. Numbers chapter 12. One day Miriam and Aaron were criticizing Moses because his wife was a Cushite woman, you know, maybe a black woman or whatever. It doesn't matter. It was some other woman of another country or whatever, and they were criticizing. You know, racist, weren't they? Look at that. And they said among themselves, has the Lord own, spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? Now, remember, these guys were all brother and sister and brother. I mean, they were they all had the same mom and dad. You know, you can get into it with your, your closest brother and sister. That's all this was. Oh, look at the next verse. But the Lord heard them. Immediately, he summoned Moses and Aaron and Miriam to the tabernacle. Come here, you three, he commanded. So they stood before the Lord. 
Now Moses was the humblest man on earth. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood in the entrance of the tabernacle. So in the cloud, what is this? You know, if you read the story, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, it was there the whole time. When they left uh, Egypt, it'd been there. When they got to the Red Sea, remember, uh, the Lord told Moses to tell him to go forward and stretch your rod over the sea and it'll open up. In the meantime, the cloud went behind them and Pharaoh couldn't even see where they were. They were blinded. They didn't know where they were, praise the Lord. Yeah, but Richard, this is all fakes and fairy tales. It never happened. Well, then why did Jesus mention this stuff about Moses? I mean, if it didn't happen, mm, we got a lot of stuff to uproot here. Okay, let me, let's keep going here. So anyway, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Uh, Numbers chapter 12 here, verse 5. Aaron and Miriam stepped forward, he commanded, and they did. And the Lord said to them, even a prophet, I would communicate, even with a prophet, I would communicate by visions and dreams. But that's not how I communicate with my servant Moses. He is completely at home in my house. Now, remember, Moses is a type of you and me. It's not a type of Jesus. It's a type of you and me, praise the Lord. With him, I speak face to face, and he shall see the very form of God. Why then were you not afraid to criticize him? Then the anger of the Lord grew hot against them, and he departed. Wow. As the cloud moved from the uh, above the tabernacle, Miriam suddenly became white with leprosy. Oh, no. Good night. Now, not only did Moses' hand turn leprous, but he stuck it back in his clothes and pulled it back out, and he was okay. Now, Miriam is covered with it. Oh, no. When Aaron saw what had happened, he cried out to Moses. Now, look what he did. Oh, sir, do not punish us for this sin. Now, whoa, 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 hold on just a moment. You had it coming. Now, why didn't Aaron say that? He knew about the mercy of God. Notice he said, don't punish us for this sin. Notice he keeps going. We were fools to do such a thing. Don't let her be as one dead. Wouldn't Aaron say it's too late? Oh, it's too late. Once you get cancer, it's over with. Once you break your arm, it'll never be the same. Once your back goes out, it's gone for good. That's not what Aaron was saying. You know why Aaron wasn't saying that? Because Aaron knew God. Wow, just like you and I should know. Oh, I know God. Richard, you're saying I don't go to church. I didn't say you didn't go to church. And I didn't say you don't love the Lord. But if you don't know these things I'm talking about, you don't know the history very well. It's not a matter of knowing, praise the Lord. Think about Naaman. Who's Naaman? You know, we, you ought not be able to say, you ought not be saying who's Naaman. <laughs> Jesus mentioned Naaman. He was during the days of Elijah, okay? Naaman was not even an Israelite. He was a Syrian and he was a general. But guess what? He had the same problem. Skin cancer crap, you know, leprosy. But guess what? He had captured a little Jewish girl. Now you can read this for yourself, 2 Kings chapter 5. Fantastic story. Took a whole chapter. But here in summary, I'll tell you what happened. So anyway, his little servant girl told her, uh, her boss, that would be his wife, Naaman's wife, apparently the little servant Jewish girl must have liked being in that situation. I mean, I'm sure she'd rather be in her own nation and not be a servant, but nonetheless, she must have liked what was going on because she said, oh, if you could just get your husband to go back to Israel... There's a prophet over there that he would recover Naaman from his uh, uh, leprosy. Now, wait just a minute, little girl. You ain't been in church in a long time. You can't be just saying things like that. Well, guess what? She was awful at convincing, and Naaman packed up his stuff, and he took off and went to Jerusalem. Wow. Anyway, he went to the king. Ultimately, the king was like, what are you doing this? Or what? Who, who, what? what's going on here? Anyway, Elijah found out about it and said, send Naaman to me. 
And you know the story from there. Uh, Elijah told uh, Naaman to go jump in the lake basically seven times. Go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times and you'll recover. Wow. You know, why in the world did this happen? You know, there's no spiritual implications about this. Oh, it was so important. No, somebody decided to go to God to be made well. You can do the same thing. And you shouldn't be coming hoping and thinking, well, maybe it'll happen. You need to go knowing that your God loves you because you've watched everybody else in the Bible that came to the Lord got healed. And that's true. Go look for yourself. Get your little Excel spreadsheet going. Put the first name of the guy that came to the Lord and ask and put to the right. Put yes or no. Did he get healed? You'll find out. Yes, he did. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so anyway, so Naaman praised the Lord and he was so tickled. It changed his life. You ought to go read that story. So fantastic. He was so excited. He went back to the prophet and he was thanking him so hard. And he said, listen, I know I'm not a Jew, but I, there's only one God I know. And it's the Lord, God Almighty, the one who created the heavens and the earth. He said, I now know that the God of Israel is the God of all the earth. Wouldn't it be neat to know that if you were not feeling good and you found out that God would heal you and he, and, and he did? Uh, how would you ever get away from that? Well, see, that's the way God likes it because <laughs> you can't do this on your own. You know, it's like, praise the Lord. It's so nice to be well. But anyway, that Syrian uh, general, uh, Naaman, he said, look, just forgive me this one thing. When I go back and my boss says I got to go to his stupid temple and worship the God of Dudade, whatever it is, he said, just forgive me for this one thing. And <laughs> you know, to, for having to go in that stupid temple, because I know there ain't but one God and it's our, it's, it's the God of the Israels, Israelites. Anyway, name, uh, not Naaman, but uh, Elisha said, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> And Naaman even took a five-gallon bucket full of dirt back because he wanted some ground from the Holy Land because he knew that that ground was where the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was. Okay, now back to this. So anyway, so Miriam here, she's covered with, uh, with leprosy here in, in Numbers chapter 12. Anyway, so uh, Aaron said, Oh, please, sir, don't punish us for this sin. We were fools to do such thing. Don't let her be as one dead whose body is half rotted away at birth. I mean, boy, I mean, people knew about leprosy. Even a baby could be born and just be covered up with leprosy. Oh, nasty. Just horrible. Look at that. So Aaron's already going, Help, help, help. Please stop it. Anyway, look at verse 13. And Moses cried out to the Lord, Heal her, O God, I beg you. You know, the King James Version is very is neat right here. The King James Version says, Moses said, heal her now. Wow. Well, you never know. I mean, God's timing, God's timing. Ultimately, we'll be healed when we get to heaven. Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. Who cares about it at that time? We need it down here. Say, well, Richard, I, no, Richard, nothing. Look, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of how great our God is and stick your neck out there and believe the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. Anyway, look what the Lord said. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, she would be defiled seven days. Let her be, let her be confined outside the camp for seven days. And after that, she can come back again. So what's going to happen? Well, she's going to be sick for seven days, but then, hey, howdy, she's out of it. She's back in again. Wow. <laughs> Woohoo. Well, good enough for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 21. And another incident here that happened. And look at this. Uh, let's start here at verse uh, 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. Then the people of Israel returned to Mount Hor, and from there they continued southward along the road to the Red Sea in order to go around the land of Edom. Now, see, they're on their way to the Promised Land again. They've wandered around for 40 years, and they made a U-turn again, and here they go. They're actually just about to get to the Promised Land again. 
But look at this. The people were very discouraged. They began to murmur against God and to complain against Moses. Here they go again. And this was over and over again. Okay, watch this. Why haven't you brought us out of... No, it says, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? Now, where did the Lord say, I'm going to bring you out in the wilderness to kill you? He never said that. They did. And we come up with our own bozo ideas sometimes. Well, I don't know. I... I've asked the Lord to heal me and I feel worse. So there must be, you need to cut everybody that out. The promised land is yours. We wander around because of our own unbelief. Just, we can quit it. Just quit it. They whine. Look at this. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this insipid manna. <laughs> Man, boy, they were landing on the line, weren't they? We hate this manna. Look, God was going to get them to the promised land. They were just, man, they were just, ugh. You know, we have this same thing in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and 4. God tells us, watch what those guys did. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul wrote scripture there too. Remember what happened to those guys. We don't need to be whining, okay? Anyway, look at verse 6. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them to punish them, and many of them were bitten. Many of them uh, were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, we've sinned. We've spoken against Jehovah and against you. Pray for him to take away the snakes, and Moses prayed for the people. Now notice, well, why, why didn't Moses say, well, I really can't because, you know, I mean, boy, if you if you got something making you sick, I mean, you're stuck with it. Just, you just deal with it. No, that's the reason we've gotten ourselves in such backward, we're just so backward to the Bible. We've forgotten these things or never were taught or our churches that we went to were afraid to teach it to us. They thought, well, we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep it simple. We're going to be politically correct. Yeah, while we're all dying and we need help, we're trying to be politically correct. We don't hurt nobody's feelings. Oh, please. Verse 8, And the Lord said to him, make a, make a bronze replica of one of these snakes and attach it to a pole. Anyone who is bitten shall live if he simply looks at it. What? Yeah. That's what they did. Moses made the replica. And whenever anyone who had been bitten looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. Now, why did this happen? Well, the people said, hey, help. We've made a mistake. Help me. And God fixed it, didn't he? Guess what? You ever heard of John 3.16? Oh, yeah, Richard. Yeah, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Do you know in John chapter 3.16, you know why they call it 16? Because that's the 16th verse. You know what the 15th verse says? It mentions this story we just read about that bronze serpent. Look at this. Wow. Okay, here we go. John chapter 3. Let's pick it up here in uh, verse 14. And as Moses in the wilderness lifted up the bronze serpent, uh, the image of a bronze serpent on a pole. But now Jesus, it never, that really never happened. That's Jesus, oh, you're losing me here. Jesus, you know that didn't happen. Jesus will be looking at you with his fiery eyes going, you think that never happened? Oh my goodness. Wow. So anyway, he says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness uh, on a pole, even so I must be lifted up on a pole. Now wait, first thing we want to get straight here is you don't use a similar incident to get similar results if they're not similar. So the one in the Old Testament was these people were getting, got bit by a snake, you know, and it was because of their own stupid fall, right? Remember they... They had it coming, and it was killing them. But they were like, well, I don't want to die. Okay, here's a way out. Just look at that snake, and you won't die. They obeyed the Lord, and they quit dying, praise the Lord. Okay, now Jesus says that uh, if I, he said, I'm going to be lifted up. Wow, and anybody, so that anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. But you notice there's still a link there, <coughs> because people were being made well. Well, too bad 
you know, that that doesn't work for healing too. Oh, yes, it does. It belongs to you and I. It's the same thing, praise the Lord. Priest James said, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven, praise the Lord. What have we done with all that? I didn't know that. I'll just, God's, he's too busy for me right now. And I'll just struggle, you know. Well, you will struggle, but there's no need to. Remember the song, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, praise the Lord. But we're not gonna do that, praise the Lord. We're gonna believe God's word, hallelujah. Hey, let's back up. I want us to go to, uh, there was a guy, <clears throat> another guy in the Bible, and let's pick up in 2 Kings uh, chapter 20. This guy's name is uh, Hezekiah. Look what this guy did. Hezekiah, 2 Kings chapter 20, verse one, now became deathly sick. And Isaiah, who's Isaiah? Well, you know, he's a big prophet, wasn't he? Wow, he was also a friend of Hezekiah. See, they were contemporaries. They, Hezekiah was the king, and Isaiah was one of the prophets during those days. Wow. And so Isaiah the prophet came to visit him. Look what he says. Set your affairs in order and prepare to die. Now, boy, wouldn't that be a bad message from a preacher come to visit you? Uh, excuse me, but the Lord told me you're going to die. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Notice he goes on and Isaiah told him, <coughs> the Lord said you won't recover. That's pretty doggone. <laughs> That's the end of it, isn't it? Aye, 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 aye. The Lord said you won't recover. Ah, but look what Hezekiah did. Verse two, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. Verse three, oh Lord, he pleaded, remember how I always tried to obey you and please you in everything I do. Notice he said, I tried. Notice he didn't say, well, well I was perfect. No, he said, I tried. I tried. It's the best thing we can do. Then he broke down and cried. Now look at this, verse four. So before Isaiah had left the courtyard, the Lord spoke to him again. I mean, Isaiah hadn't even, I mean, can you imagine, Isaiah, you know, we got this mean attitude thing, like, oh man, I told him. No, Isaiah was his friend. And I'm sure Isaiah's going out going, man, God, what a bummer. Because uh, Hezekiah was a good king. He was. There were good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings, okay? <laughs> Hezekiah was a good one. Anyway, so Isaiah's trotting out of the palace there, and all of a sudden, the Lord says, hey, go back to him. Whoa, what? Verse five, go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, and tell him that the Lord God of his ancestors has heard his prayer. Whoa, what? And seen his tears. I will heal him, and three days from now, he will be out of bed and in the temple. I will add 15 years to his life and save him and the city from the king of Assyria. See, there was several things going on. <laughs> a guy gets bad news well hey jack you're gonna die and hey by the way the assyrians are fixing to attack and they're probably gonna wipe out jerusalem ah, mm -mm. they weren't gonna wipe out jerusalem the lord defended jerusalem praise the lord my goodness but i mean what good would that do you if you were gonna die I mean, but hezekiah prayed and you know this this story is is in the book of isaiah too wow praise the lord okay let me show you this again over here in the book of uh something happened in uh matthew excuse me let's go to mark Mark chapter, let's see, let's go to Mark chapter, uh, uh, let's see, oh, we'll look at Mark chapter seven, just a moment here, and in Mark chapter seven, uh, let's start here in verse 25, right away a woman came out to him whose little girl was possessed by a demon, she had heard about Jesus, and now she came and fell at his feet. Now, what did she hear about Jesus? Same thing you're hearing today. 
I mean, you could have not listened to this message, but you decided you were going to listen to it. And then you're going to think after you get done listening to it, you know, praise the Lord. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me <laughs> from now on. Anyway, so anyway, she heard about Jesus, okay? And she came and fell at his feet and pled with him to release her child from the demon's control. But she was a Syrophoenician, a despised Gentile. In other words, she wasn't a Jew. Look at this. Jesus told her, now look at all practical purposes. Jesus here said no. So what do you get from this? I, even in the face of God saying no, you can still get it. Look at this. Watch this. Uh, first, I should help my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Notice what she said. She replied, that's true, sir. But even the puppies under the table are given some scraps from the children's plates. Good, he said. You've answered well. So well that I've healed your little girl. Go on home for the demons left her. <laughs> and when she arrived home, her little girl was lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. Oh my gosh. What was all that about? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what it was all about. It's the Lord making someone's child well because they asked the Lord to help them. You don't go publicize this and go ask people, I'm going to go try this. It's between you and Jesus. That's where we've all messed up. We got people going, well, I did that and it didn't work. You know. Well, why don't you tell the Lord that? Don't tell me that. Go tell the Lord that. Well, Lord, I tried that and it didn't work. Take it to the Lord. Don't take it to me. You know, first off, I wouldn't believe you in the first place because <laughs> Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I mean, there was a guy that came to Jesus, same similar incident. He had a son that was demon possessed and kept jumping in the fire. And he told Jesus, well, if you can do anything, help me. Jesus fired with those fiery eyes right back to the man and said, if you can believe. See, that's where our trouble is today. And we don't want to admit it has something to do with faith. See, faith is so simple. Faith is trust. You're not going to have a love life if you don't have faith. Well, I've got a tracker on my cell phone. I'll find out whether or not my, my girlfriend's where she says she is. Oh, brother, you're going to have a zero relationship. You know, Same thing with your kids, too. You've got to have faith. You've got to show you trust them. Praise the Lord. It's the same thing. Faith is the same no matter what you call it. It's the same thing anywhere. If I tell you, hey, the fish are biting down here. If you start grabbing your gear and heading toward the lake, then guess what? That's faith. You believe. Let's put it in football terms. You're down two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. Your coach says, we're going to get them. And you go, oh, come on. We're down two. Oh, we're just so quit. Well, see, that's not faith, is it? But if you went out there and played your little heart out, you believed, wouldn't you? Well, there's a difference. And you can do that too. Praise the Lord. Anyway, Mark chapter five here. <clears throat> So in Mark chapter 5, uh, let's see here. Let's go down here to, da, 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 look at verse 24. Jesus went with him. And if you read the story right above this, he went with him because he was, he was going to heal somebody else. <laughs> Actually, somebody's daughter who had just died. And it was like, you might as well forget it. She's dead. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. Anyway, verse 24. Jesus went with him and the crowd thronged behind. In the crowd was a woman who had been sick for 12 years with a hemorrhage. Now, wouldn't you give up if you've been sick with bleeding for 12 years? I mean, this is hopeless. She had suffered much from many doctors through the years and had become poor from paying them. Boy, that sounds similar today. I mean, I know doctors are doing their best, you know, but guess what? Medicine doesn't become free, does it? I mean, my goodness, gee. And was no better, but in fact, was worse. Well, unfortunately, that's the case in a lot of times. They can't help you. It's the best they can do. I'm not anti-doctor. Jesus said, if you're sick, you know, those that are well don't need a doctor. It's those that are sick. 
but I also know their limits. And you should know too that praise the Lord, if they reach their limits, it's not over with. I've got the Lord. He's going to help me and he will. Okay, anyway, she heard about the wonderful miracles Jesus did. Well, she should have heard that it doesn't work all the time. No, she didn't hear that. She knew it did work all the time. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so those what she did. And that's why she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his clothes. Look at verse 28. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Wow. And sure enough, as soon as she touched him, the bleeding stopped and she knew she was well. Oh, wow. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now, <laughs> this, this story is written in here three times, three different times. This story is written in the, in the scriptures here, Matthew and Mark and Luke. But anyway, so it's there for a reason for us to get it, get what she did. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Jesus just could have kept on going and just between him and her, they could have known, yeah, you got healed. That's good. But there was a reason. Look at this. Of course, one reason was he wanted to talk to her. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now, remember, you got to picture this as this is a huge crowd. You know, everybody's just thronging him. Okay. But he kept on looking around. Uh, no, his disciples said to him, all this crowd pressing all around you, and you ask, who touched you? I'm sure they were laughing and going, I mean, come on, Jesus. Are you trying to crack a joke here? Good grief. But he kept on looking around to see who it was that had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what she had uh, had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, heal to your disease. Wow, he called her daughter. Look at that. He calls you his son, your faith. Now it's just like, it's not like, well, I just have faith. Oh, I just, no, it's faith in Jesus. Jesus is right there to help you. You remember Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Oh my goodness. This is why, let's go back to somebody we else know in the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Psalms here, and we'll go to Psalm 103. This is a guy by the name of David. Look what David said. David never saw the Lord. Oh, I had a vision, you know, I saw him. No, David killed Goliath without even seeing Jesus. You know what he had? Same thing you and I had have today. He just believed. He knew the Lord would help him. He thought, There's, you're crazy. No giant's going to kill me, and no giant's going to torment Israel. I'm going out there and kill him. And David wasn't worried even if he was less than 11 years old. David had already beaten a bear. Oh my goodness. I don't even want to mess with a bear. But boy, if I had to, I'm going to survive. David not only beat a bear, but he beat a lion. Richard, you don't really believe all that stuff. Do you? No, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you think David ever existed? I know we got stupid statues today with the missing arm and he's half clothed, whatever, and they reference David. David was a mighty king. He was a mighty warrior too. But it didn't just happen overnight. David grew up as a little shepherd, and he, <laughs> and obviously he knew that Jesus was there to help him all the time. The Lord is my shepherd. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Here come a lion, here come a bear. I'm looking for that table. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me today. I'm not going to get sliced up by this stupid bear, <laughs> and this lion ain't going to eat me for dinner either. <laughs> I'm going to get him, praise the Lord. All right. All right, so anyway, look at Psalm 103. I will bless the holy name of God with all my heart. Yes, I will bless the Lord and not forget the glorious things he does for me. wonder what those things are. Well, it'd be good if we read it, wouldn't it? Look at verse 3. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. <gasps> Well, now we need to, no, we don't need to do nothing but believe this. That's where we've gotten ourselves in trouble. Now, let's think about this in the King James Version. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. This is a benefit. 
who forgives all thine iniquities and heals all thy diseases. Wow, where have we been? Well, we've obviously not been reading the Bible. <laughs> but I believe the Bible, and I believe you believe it too. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, just like we've seen in the scriptures, you'll make us well. Praise the Lord. Father, same thing's true financially. If we're having trouble financially, you'll take care of that. Hallelujah. Or if we're faced with some other problem, whatever it is, we're feeling good and we got money, but oh my gosh, we got another problem. Oh, well, you're there to help us there too because you're there to rescue us and be a refuge for us. That didn't leave anything left but for us to go out and tell others about the great things you've done for us, just like you've laid in the Bible all these wonderful things to tell us about how great you are. In Jesus' name, amen.